Hello and welcome to the Sounds of Success. I'm Phil Butler. I'm Christina Bowie. Happy New Year! Yay! We, 2020 is finally over! We made it! We made it to a new year. Let's start fresh. Let's wash off the dust that is 2020 and like just celebrate the fact that we're here. We made it, right? Like, Absolutely. It's going to be a good year. It's going to be a great year of uh, podcasting, among other things. Um, today, we've got some really great guests uh, from the Liberal Arts Career Services Office. Yeah, so our guests will just be talking with us about what the Liberal Arts Career Services offers and what you can get out of your liberal arts education. So we're really excited for y'all to meet them. They are amazing. These people want you to get a job after college just as much as mom and dad do. So let's uh, hear what they have to say about the work that they do in liberal arts career services. Well, today we're very excited to have two esteemed colleagues with us from the Liberal Arts Career Services Office. Uh, our first guest is Tatum Oldham. She's the Director of Liberal Arts Career Services. She's a two-time Texas X hook'em with degrees in communication and educational psychology. And she's got over 16 years of experience helping our COLA students get jobs. Fantastic. And our second guest is Caitlin Von Liske. Caitlin is the Assistant Director of the Liberal Arts Career Services, and she has two degrees in psychology from Kansas. And she has also been at UT for the last eight years doing work in career services. But last but very not least, Caitlin is a volunteer at the Austin Guinea Pig Rescue. Doing the Lord's work there. Welcome, y'all. Welcome. <laughs> Hello. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Before we dive in, I got to ask a quick Kansas question. Like, how often does the Wizard of Oz come up in your life? Like, being not in Kansas, like, <laughs> tell people you're from Kansas. The Wizard of Oz comes up more more times than not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, and when people find out I'm from Illinois, The Simpsons. Uh, oh, yeah. Quite Interesting. a bit, too. We have our fair share of stereotypes in Texas, you know, but but I feel like there's a lot to choose from, right? There's, like, the oil tycoon. There's Dallas. There's cowboys. Uh, but, like, Kansas, like, you get... You get corn and Dorothy, I guess. I don't know. That's all <laughs> yeah. I can think of in Kansas, for sure. Yes. Well, uh, thank you all so much for being here today. Um, you know, I know that you all do some really awesome things in career services, and we're hopefully hoping today that we can kind of uh, lift the veil of secrecy behind what happens in career services and how our students can engage with um, the, the great work that you all are doing Um so our first question is is kind of a broad one. Uh, you know, what is what does doing career service work mean to you? And you know, why, why is this work important to you? Why do you why do you love doing this job? I'll start. Um, so I this sounds so cheesy, but I really do feel like we're working, like cheesy here. It's okay. Working <laughs> in career services does allow us to to buy into that whole what starts here changes the world, and to have a small part in that. Um, yeah. I think that college is such a pivotal time for students and can make such a big difference in their lives and us helping us helping them achieve their goals is really inspiring and it's it's amazing to see the sorts of things that our students go on to do and we're so proud of them and I think that keeps me really engaged and really excited to see what's next with our students. 
Yeah, I I have to agree with Tatum. Uh, what's kept me in you know career services in general is I love working with students, young minds. Um, like she said, it's a pivotal time uh, in their lives. They're exploring all of these options, you know, yeah. from internships, getting involved, um, so many different things that they can do, and it's it's really cool to be able to see students grow. Uh, I have students I've met with from freshman year on up till after they graduate. And it's just amazing to see how their interests change and how we can be there for them and really just help them achieve their goals. It's a really, it's a really cool thing. And it really means a lot to me that I'm able to be a career coach in the College of Liberal Arts. I think seeing their confidence go up is so exciting. You know, taking a student who doesn't necessarily believe in themselves and Mm -hmm. then being with them along the journey and seeing them say like, I got that internship or I I nailed that interview or I got into law school and, and just really helping seeing the whole thing go down and see like what they're able to accomplish um, and seeing them get their confidence back was really exciting. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Well, liberal arts career services is probably the resource that I refer students to most whenever I meet with them in the first semester of college. And, you know, not all of them will go and make an appointment with WAX, but from what I've heard from the students that do make an appointment, they always come back and say, I got a lot out of that. I learned so much. I feel like I actually have a clear pathway. And if I don't, I understand where to go to ask questions. And it just reminds me of this is why I refer students to this resource in the first place, because I remember how it feels to be a first semester freshman and feeling lost and very anxious about what you want to do and Mm -hmm. how to get there. And there are all these professionals on campus that are there specifically to help you figure out all of those questions. And so it's really nice to hear when students come back from meeting with LAX, knowing that like, oh, they came and they met with the very best that UT has to offer for career services and they got a lot out of it. So I really appreciate y'all. I know that my students really appreciate y'all and I will absolutely be referring them to you even more often than before. That's We're going to really keep you busy. Oh, That's yes. incredibly <laughs> sweet. Um, yes. And I think, you know, one of, one misconception with our office is that students think they have to wait until they have everything figured out to come Mm, see us. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some people are maybe intimidated to come in and just admit, like, I have no idea what I want to do. And that's the perfect time to come talk with us because we're not going to, you know, shame anybody for not knowing their plans yet. People's plans change all the time. And that's fine. That's part of college is, is growing and, you know, changing your interest and growing your skills. And so we never want for today has changed like 10 times. So, (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And I think I think for a lot of students it can be it can be a little bit intimidating coming to a new office, coming to someone and talking about opening up about what their interests are. Maybe they don't know what those are at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, time and time again I have students tell me like I was really nervous coming in, but this actually was not a scary experience at all. <laughs> uh, and I I really you know, love all of my colleagues. I think um, we all are really passionate about what we do, and we're we're not scary people. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're really truly um, excited to meet with each student, and even though it may feel a bit scary at first, come on in and well, right now virtually, uh, <laughs> and you know, we'll we'll help you out. Uh, we'll have a conversation. For sure. So what kind of services do you offer? Now's your chance to just plug Lax into all of our listeners. 
Yeah. Um, so I think our meat and potatoes sort of is um, the career coaching aspect, right? So that's everything from, hey, I need a, a work study job, help me find something to um, help me with my resume, um, help me on these cover letters I'm writing. Um, mock interviews are a really popular service we have yeah. where we oh, actually wow. pretend to be the recruiter and we take the job posting or internship posting that you're interviewing for or you're hoping to interview for and we craft questions based on what we think the real interview is going to ask you. And then we sort of simulate that environment and put you on the spot and ask you questions like, tell me about yourself or what's your greatest weakness <laughs> and yeah, get them to sort of, yeah, you know, practice it and so that maybe they won't be quite as nervous for the real interview because they've had practice advocating the value of their degree and their skills um, with somebody one-on-one before the big day. Mm-hmm. So that, that sounds really like one of those one. Um, experiences you were just talking about where you can kind of see the growth happen, right? Like I imagine, you know, a mock interview, if you've never done a mock an, an interview at all, and you, you walk in like from the beginning of never having done one before to leaving afterwards, like there's a lot of growth I'm sure that has mm-hmm. happened in that And sometimes that's over, you know, multiple mock interviews where the first time we sit down, the first question we ask, you know, tell me about yourself and they freeze up and we're Uh, like, okay, let's take a time out, let's let's start again. And then, you know, after a couple more sessions, they can, you know, whiz through these questions easily and feel really confident. So yeah, that's a popular service. Um, Our pre-law advisor, Hong Escobar, is very popular. (laughs) For those who want to go to law school, she's a lawyer herself. Um, Our graduate admissions coaching is also popular for students that want to go into master's and PhD programs. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, recruiting, right? So employer info sessions, um, special events with employers, um, career fairs. So Mm -hmm. a lot of what we do relates to recruiting as well. So we really want to help you explore, but also help you actively apply to things. And then um, something that not everybody knows about is our professional development and our internship courses. We actually offer Mm -hmm. several courses for credit every semester. And so those um, they kind of fall into two big categories. The internship courses allow students to get college credit for their internship experience. And then our professional development courses allow students to basically do what we do in an individual setting in a group setting. So um, really like practicing those interview skills, uh, going through the exploration process with your peers and class. And Mm -hmm. so we offer those in the fall and spring semesters as well. And those are very popular too. Yeah. The internship classes I love, you know, I, you know, students, whenever I'm trying to encourage students to take an internship or do an internship, you know, a lot of times, like, I can't afford to not get paid to do this work. And, you know, the fact that you can get course right. credit, uh, you know, it's like, it's not the same as getting paid, but, it, you know, at least you're getting an additional benefit of this internship besides the experience itself. And I know a lot of family members are really, uh, glad to know and learn that that exists, that, you know, that their students can get some course credit and kind of kill two birds with one stone in their internship. Right. And not only can they get course credit, but we do have an unpaid scholarship program for students that unpaid internships with nonprofits, especially for students that would otherwise have a difficult time affording to do an unpaid internship. So, and we offer that year round as well. So we encourage students to apply for that. Um, Really employers say that relevant experience, whether that's a part-time job or an internship is the most important thing a student can do to prepare for the workforce. So getting that experience on your resume is going to make a huge difference when you're actively applying to full-time jobs. 
while we're on the topic of internships, you know, what are some of the the challenges to finding an internship for students that, you know, you've kind of encountered and what are some of the, the ways that they can overcome them or get around them? And what advice do you have for students on, on getting an internship? So I think a lot of people struggle to find an internship right now because many <laughs> yeah. students are at home, right? And, you know, the, the economy isn't in an ideal condition. Um, however, we've actually had quite a few students do virtual internships. That's really something that our employers pivoted to pretty quickly back in March. Very cool. That's great. So there are a lot of internships out there that students can still do from home. Um, even, you know, I grew up in a really small town and it's not like I could have gone home in the summer and had an internship. Like there were options there. So I think this is nice for our students that are maybe in locations that don't have a lot of internship opportunities that they can do a virtual internship. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, even those of us who are in cities now, um, there's a lot of internships that it makes more sense to have virtually at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for a lot of students, uh, it's it's just coming in and figuring out where do I even start this process? <laughs> like even just like sure. the beginning of like, I know there's a lot of things I need to do in order to apply for an internship, uh, but it's overwhelming for me to even begin that. And I think uh, coming in and talking with a coach is helpful because, you know, we can really help every single step of the way and kind of set up action steps, realistic action steps to help students, uh, you know, create a good resume, you know, practice writing good cover letters. Um, and then so they feel more confident in applying to internships. So it doesn't all have to be done in, you know, one 30 minute appointment. <laughs> right. yeah. um, that's, that's too much. Uh, we have to take it one, you know, step at a time, one chunk at a time and set realistic uh, goals. And I think that's one big thing I see commonly is just where, where do I even start this process? Mm -hmm, yeah. mm -hmm, so do you yeah. find that a lot of your students will come back from multiple sessions with the same career counselor so there's some kind of stability there? That's what we really prefer. Yeah. Um, what tends to happen is, you know, maybe at first you're just scheduling based on who has availability, right? Mm -hmm. um, that, that works with your schedule. But then we, students tend to get attached, which is exactly what we want to happen. You know, we, we yeah. don't want UT to feel like, you know, you're a number. We want them to try out different coaches, find out who they click with, and then ideally stick with that same person, you know, throughout their college career so that when you come back, you know, a semester later, if we haven't seen you in a while, I can say, Christina, did, how did that internship go? Did you love it? You know, are you still thinking of pursuing mm -hmm. that field? Or are you, have you decided to pivot? You know, like, where are we going from here? And you don't have to keep retelling your story, you know, when we can actually like build that relationship that lasts a while. That's what we hope for. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah. I like the idea of like putting together a plan too, right? Like there's like a workout plan. There's a plan for everything, right? Like <laughs> right. if you're going to like work out and like run a triathlon, you, you get a plan together, right? And yeah. getting a job should be no different. You need to have like steps to take and goals to accomplish on your way towards sealing the deal with an employer, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners are first year college students. And let's say they make an appointment with you. What would that appointment first look like for the average first year college student who doesn't really know what it is like to look for an internship or to think about a long term career? How do you get started with them? Honestly, I would say the first meeting, what's most typical is hey, here's my high school resume that I used to apply to college. Mm -hmm. um, it's three pages long because that's what it was supposed to be, right? Mm -hmm. I have all these accomplishments. I was super involved in high school. Um, 
And now I need to turn this into the college version of my resume. So one page, you know, what do I cut? What do I keep? And then they're usually looking for, you know, a part-time job, either on campus or off campus, or maybe they're looking for an internship, but they're, they're starting to, I think resumes get people in the door because it's very concrete. It's like, I want to work on this. And then we say, well, what do you want to do with this resume? And sometimes they're like, well, what do you mean? It's like, are you applying for a scholarship? Are you using it to apply to internships? And then we sort of target our advice based on what their goals are. But I would say that that's typically the first meeting is let's take a look at your resume Mm -hmm. um, and take it from there. What would you think, Caitlin? Yeah, I I usually um, would say it's kind of like, let's just see what you've been up to. We kind of get to know the student just based on what they've done, Mm -hmm. maybe in high school, uh, help work with them on getting uh, it to be more internship, research, whatever they want to do next ready, and really just asking questions about, you know, what are you thinking about, you know, this first year? You know, what are some groups that you might want to join? Um, You know, just trying to get to know them, you know, build some rapport. Uh, So uh, then in our following and our subsequent, um, you know, meetings, we're able to help direct them to more specific resources um, and help guide them a little bit further. So really just meeting them wherever they're at. If they have no idea what their interests are, we may have a more pointed conversation about that. If they really know what those are, maybe help sifting through those and directing them to a few different opportunities they could consider. So I think it just really, really depends. But I agree with Tatum. It's usually the first thing is, let's just take a look at your resume. Let's see what you've been up to. I like that. A very so, concrete way to start. <laughs> what you liked on your resume and what you didn't, you know, Ooh. sometimes we'll just start talking. It's a good like conversation starter, right? To look at this and be like, oh, okay. So you had this part-time job, you know, in the summer working at a law firm. What did you think about that? Would you ever want to do that again? Right. And, yeah. and sometimes that's an easy way to cut things down on their resume. There's things <laughs> that they're like, I don't want to market myself this way. I hated this whole experience. It's like, well, maybe that's something that we take off, right? I mean, it's a marketing sure. document. It's all about what are we marketing you toward? Right. You're right. getting a lot of stuff on there that you never want to do again. Yeah. I started a fire at that job. <laughs> like, well, let's pick that off there. Yeah. You don't want that and that's there. a really common thing. People will be like, oh, a resume. They think it's an app. It's like an application where you have to list your, mm-hmm. your entire work history. And they're like, I, ha- I only had that job for a month, but I got to put it on there. And I'm like, mm, no, you don't. You know, nah. you really, it really depends on the situation. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's your resume. You you get to decide what's on it and what's not, right? Right. Like mm-hmm. Taking ownership of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. So we talked about the first meeting. Like, what about like the 10th or 12th? You know, you all both kind of talked about really enjoying seeing the growth in students. Who are some of your like LAC success story poster children that kind of come to mind where like they came in like, I don't have a clue <laughs> and now you work for them or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, obviously, we're not going to give out names of students, but um, yeah, yeah, you don't have to name names, obviously, <laughs> yeah. but just uh, you know, uh, right. demonstrate the magic that you can work for our students. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the students that was in my um, economics to career course last spring, uh, we actually tweeted about this recently. We highlighted her on our, our social media because she just got her second internship um, working for an organization in San Antonio that she's really excited about. And the reason why I was so excited about her was because she explicitly said, I will never apologize for my liberal arts degree um, because of the work that we did together. I, when I interview with employers, I talk about the value that I can add to their organization 
the critical thinking skills that I've been developing, my writing skills, my problem solving, and how that can work for them, instead of feeling like I need to apologize for maybe not having the degree that I'm imagining the employer wants. Because most of the time, the employers aren't saying you have to be majoring in this specific thing. They're saying, um, you know, college degree and relevant experience or a related field, right? So there's a lot of Mm -hmm. wiggle room. And there's lots that they can do to highlight the skills that they're developing as liberal arts majors. And we want them to be really excited about that and really um, Mm -hmm. able to articulate that, that value to an employer straight out of the gate. I, you know, I can think of quite a few students I've met with consistently over the years. Um, someone in particular that stands out to me, um, I started seeing uh, this person, I think when they were about a sophomore, you know, they're feeling pretty lost in terms of like what their interests were, weren't, really mm-hmm. weren't feeling very confident, um, really in a lot of aspects. And so I was able to meet with this person, you know, consistently um, up beyond, you know, their graduation, um, where we really just, you know, sometimes would talk about, you know, a resume or cover letter, just practice kind of random interview questions, Mm -hmm, or just talk mm -hmm. about the job market, um, you know, giving this person confidence. And, you know, I recently heard um, from this person and they, you know, they're working full time, they're happy, they're applying to graduate school in a field um, completely outside of liberal arts, uh, more in tech. And Mm -hmm. it's just really cool to see like, that was nothing that was ever brought up, like in the earlier days of our meetings. But, you know, this person also just mentioned like, you know, thank you for helping me through those times. It was really just helpful having someone to like talk through uh, this career stuff with someone outside of my main circle, someone outside of kind of like my family and friend circle. So I think that's a, that's pretty cool. Second and third opinions are powerful. (laughs) For sure. Especially from someone who is, their job is to help you get these positions and work out your career aspirations. I feel like it's a lot, um, a different type of meaningful to hear it from someone who is kind of like in a mentor position for you. I just had a little flashback to a student that I worked with who was really fantastic in person. Um, but I remember when she showed me her LinkedIn profile, we were looking mm. at it together and I was like, Oh, Hey, this picture you chose for your profile pic <laughs> is interesting. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, um, you just look a little angry, maybe. In your and she really, she was like, oh, I was going for cerebral and like a deep thinker. And I was like, oh, well, like maybe you want to smile in your picture. And I, I think it was just really helpful. She was like, I had no idea how it was coming right. off. So I do think yeah. it's useful just to be like, we want the best for you. We have really yeah. good intentions. And also there's at least one person who thinks you don't look very friendly in that picture, but you're very friendly in real life. Totally. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, I think the more we meet with them, you know, you you get to know them. It's like, hey, I'm going to like, hey, your interviewing style, it sounds like you've been practicing this and like off a script, like we can't be doing that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and um, I think it's it's nice to be able to meet with them regularly and then be able to be v- fully honest because we do want the best for them. And a lot of times you don't realize some of these things that you're doing, that picture or right. having a script uh, for an interview, which this person did. And I was like, we have to get rid of the script. We want to come off like a natural human. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's pretty cool to be able to have those honest uh, conversations with students. For sure. So um, bringing it back to earlier, what we were talking about, where a, a resume is more about marketing yourself and your skills, your knowledge, 
we were talking about that one liberal arts student who refuses to apologize for being a liberal arts student. We recently did an episode with Dean Carter on the value of a liberal arts education. And, uh, you know, there are those stereotypes that are associated with liberal arts degrees and how you're never going to get a job or who's going to hire you. What do you think about that? How does it make you feel? And um, how do you how do you think students in liberal arts have kind of gone to challenge that idea? So I shared uh, via Slack with my team right before this meeting that I heard today that Dr. Fauci was a classics major. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I love that. (laughs) Honestly, the question that we, that our students get the most often is what are you going to do with that? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And really I get angry that so many of our students are made to feel less than in some way when I think that's completely um, unnecessary. You know, liberal arts Mm -hmm. majors go on to work in a lot of different fields. And what's nice about liberal arts is that our students have so many different interests and you don't have to narrow those interests down at 22 years old. You know, like it's very likely that the job you're going to have in 20 years is something that hasn't been invented yet. You know, the people that are working in data science now, the people who are working as social media marketers, just lots of, um, you know, search engine optimization. Like there's tons of examples. Mm -hmm. Like what job could I have or I mean, what should I have studied to have a job in social media? And when I was in college, like who knows? Yeah. Cause it didn't exist. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it makes me angry to think that our yeah. students are, are somehow buying into that because they're so capable. They're so right. smart. They do so many great things. And I'm just, I'm, I refuse to buy into that narrative that they're not going to be able to go out there and change the world. Cause I've seen them do it, you know, for, mm-hmm. for 15 years and going to yeah. continue to see them do that. So I'm really proud of them and I want them to be proud of themselves. Agreed. And this, this conversation comes up, uh, you know, I think like Tatum said, it's like, well, what are you going to do with that? And I think a lot of the like, Oh, well, you know, I think a lot of it is, is liberal arts isn't career direct and that like scares people. And it's like, well, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do with that? It's like, well, Mm -hmm. I could do so many things. And so that's kind of the beauty and the beast of the liberal arts. But I think that confuses people. The rumor mill gets going, you're not going to be able to get hired. And that's absolutely not true. Uh, Your major does not define, you know, what, what you can do, you know, uh, an employer isn't looking like, oh, you were, you know, a classics major, a philosophy major. They're going to look at, you know, the broader groupings. What did you do for internships? What were mm-hmm. you doing on campus? Why are you passionate about the things you're passionate about? And so I think that's something we really try to, you know, if that even comes up in an appointment is, you know, instilling confidence and you're doing what you are passionate about. And this is marketable. Mm-hmm. Um, right. You know, especially the transferable skills they're developing, you know, those critical thinking skills, the problem solving, the writing skills, the systems thinking, they can apply those to so many settings. Yeah. So we really want them to, to embrace that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Writing is a good one. Like there's oh, yeah. no job that exists where you won't have to write something. Like even if it's just emails to your boss, right? <laughs> like you got to be good at writing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I really feel like, especially at a university like UT, where you can be any major, but also be a part of any type of student org or do any type of job or research or um, any activity, really, it's 
really more about the activities that these students are immersing themselves in and the skills that they get from those activities and less so much of your major, I feel like. Because when I got to UT at first, I was just like, well, if I'm an international relations major, then everything I do can only be about international relations. And I didn't know that there are all these other opportunities that I could use my IRG knowledge to be good at, you know? And I think that... Um, Definitely sending students to meet with a career counselor can help them realize how many transferable skills that they have and things that they can work on in different ways outside of their major. Agreed. And, you know, those group projects that you're doing in class, the group projects that they're doing in student organizations, Mm -hmm. um, those are definitely building skills that you're going to use because it's very unlikely that you're going to only be an individual contributor, you know, in your full-time job, you're going, you're going to be doing group projects with your colleagues and your coworkers. And, and that's a very practical skill that they can be developing, you know, through volunteer work, through student organizations, through their academic projects too. For sure. We've, we've talked a little bit about it, like sprinkled in here and there, like the employee, the employer perspective. So, you know, what are, what do employers tell you about, liberal arts students and why they like to hire them and why, you know, they are coming to liberal arts career services with whatever job opportunities that they have because they want our students to work for them. They say that our students are well-rounded, that they've got a really strong foundation in terms of being like having broad-based knowledge, but also being experts in specific areas, you know, so Mm -hmm. something like health and society, you know, having um, the writing skills and the critical thinking skills, but also knowing a lot about something specific like, you know, healthcare disparities, right? So I think that um, there's some research related to, and they say it's like a T-shaped, and I think Phil Gardner came up with this term, and it's essentially that our students are, um, they're getting broad-based knowledge, but then they're also developing expertise in a couple of specific areas related to their major. So that could be something like IRG, that could be something like, um, our, our new, you know, healthcare system, but there's lots of different, um, I think there's just lots of different ways that they can apply their liberal arts degree. And Mm -hmm. what employers tend to tell us is that they like our students' enthusiasm. Our students are really bright. They're ready to hit the ground running. Um, any kind of technical skills that they don't know yet, they can learn quickly. Mm -hmm. I really feel like, um, that learnability is important, right? So if there's something that you see in a job posting that you don't meet a hundred percent of the qualifications for because of something technical, you can pick up that technical skill. Right. And mm-hmm. so encouraging our students to do that and employers tell us that our students tend to move up the ranks quickly because they do have that emotional intelligence of understanding mm-hmm. how to work mm-hmm. in a team, those project management skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, taking ownership of something and like showing responsibility and initiative. I think those are all good things that a lot of our liberal arts students bring to the table. Definitely. And same with like adaptability and flexibility, which are some the most sought after. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that would be important right now. <laughs> <laughs> Super important. Uh, yeah, I mean, we don't hear from employers like, I don't want to hire a liberal arts major. That that doesn't come up. Uh, but I think that's something that maybe does go around the rumor mill that yeah. like, yeah. You are going to be shamed for this, which is totally not true. Uh, Employers are excited to hire liberal arts students. Mm -hmm. 
I remember going to those liberal arts career fairs and seeing all different types of employers, not just, you know, government jobs and education jobs. I remember seeing everything from tech companies to more like pharmaceutical type companies, sales-based companies and big corporations. And so it was kind of shocking because I really, for some reason, did think that it was like, if you're going to do liberal arts, it is law school, work for the government, work for a nonprofit, go into teaching, that's all you can do. And went to that career fair and realized I was so wrong. Yeah, we've actually, um, there. we have a ton of corporate employers. Yeah. I think that that's, a lot of people think they have to major in business to work in business, and that's completely untrue. We have so mm-hmm. many students mm-hmm. that go into sales, they go into marketing. Um, so really, there's a lot of, that they can do within the corporate sector with their liberal arts degree. For sure, for sure. Well, we're getting close to being out of time, but is there anything else about the amazing work that y'all do in career services that you feel like we didn't touch on that people just need to know about? Honestly, I would just say that that we really, truly care about students and to come see us whenever you can, because there's no limit to the number of sessions you can have. You, They have free access to you can all come after you graduate, days. which we didn't yeah, talk about. For a whole year. <laughs> yeah, we have a one-year grace period after they, they finish school. So, you know, come see us as often as you need to. We're excited to establish a relationship with you and to be there when you need support. Um, and that's all that I would really say is just that you're much more than your resume. We're excited to help you with your resume, but we certainly didn't go into the field because we love resumes. We went into the field because we love helping, and that's really what we want to do. So true. PSA, we are not resume nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you all so much for taking the time to come talk with us today. This has been super great. And hopefully our listeners uh, will be walking through your virtual doors any minute now. Oh, absolutely. It's an assignment in in JR and I's classes. They they will be coming. (laughs) That's great. It's great to get them in the door and then to keep that going. Once they see how nice and friendly and unintimidating. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Go early and go often. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Tatum and Caitlin. It was really nice to talk with y'all. And honestly, I got a lot of information out of this. Did not know that it was available to graduates with a one-year grace period because that's me and I'm also coming. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I need to set up an appointment as soon as this is over. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Well, that was a really great conversation. I really just want to bring up that one thing that Tatum and Caitlin were talking about that made me really excited is you should never, ever yeah. apologize for your liberal arts degree. Amen. Ever. Yeah, that I, needs to be a bumper sticker. Yes. <laughs> yeah, never apologize. Unapologetically liberal arts. Yes. <laughs> um, I just have never had an interview, even with you know, a corporation or a big business Mm -hmm. type of internship where they looked down on my liberal arts major. I was always able to talk about the positives of it and they were always very on board. So whatever stereotype it is that you hear that companies don't want to hire liberal arts students, it's just completely (laughs) fake news. It is McCombs propaganda and you should not listen to it. Um, Yeah, I really appreciate the work that they're doing over there. I had never really thought about like they get a front row seat to that like what 
starts here changes the world right like we're we're like starting mm-hmm. the things in some of the work that we're doing but they're like on the like go change the world side of things like go uh yeah. go solve healthcare problems like go solve right? social justice issues and you know they get to yeah. bear witness to that in a way that i don't know that um necessarily that you and i get to yeah yeah i was also very excited to hear that they take appointments with students at any stage mm-hmm. of the i'm looking for a career path and um, no limit too right you heard yeah, it yeah <laughs> no limit you can go whenever you want and it's free always you can go as many times as you want and i think that's really awesome because i feel like a lot of times when students are afraid to go get career counseling it's one of two reasons it's one like i don't know what i'm doing and two is i don't want anybody to think that I am um, not smart or right. not capable. I don't belong here. I, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it seems like Caitlin and Tatum are completely the opposite of both of those statements. You sure. know? They will help you if you have no idea what you're doing. They will help you even if you don't even have an inkling of what your interests are. And they will also help you if you're in like the final round interviews for grad school. It seems like wherever it is that you are on your journey, you have a place at UT's Liberalized Career Services. And mm-hmm. I think that was a really enlightening moment. I sometimes think about, you know, personal taxes, right? Like that's not something that's really taught a lot of, you know, it should be a class in high school. It's not. And, you know, I think the same thing about job searching, right? Like nobody really kind of teaches you how to job search. Like it's doing a resume. Maybe it was an assignment in your high school. Uh, It's not anything that anybody ever made me do other than my mom when she was like, hey, go get a job. Uh, (laughs) So I like that there's some place formal here on campus where you can get expert advice on how to get a job, right? Like. not a lot of first year students that I know of know how to get a job in corporate America. Not a lot of seniors that I know yeah. uh, know how to get a job in corporate America, but but the folks at Career Services do. Like it's their job to help you get a job. So um, go see them. They're, they'll they'll get you they'll get you hired. Absolutely. But yes, it was a great episode, and we are so excited that y'all are here to listen to our first SOS podcast of the year. Yeah, Happy New Year. It's going to be a great one. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have for today on The Sounds of Success. My name is Phil Butler. I'm Christina Bowie. And we hope that all of your future endeavors are a success.